Well, for some weeks now, we've begun a new series and been teaching on this subject of the life of praise, lifestyle of praise. And our text is in Psalm 34, and let's read it out loud together, these first three verses. Psalm 34, verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Praise God. Does this sound like a lifestyle of praise? Not just something you do for a few minutes when you go to church uh, once or twice or three times a week, but his praise will what? continually be where? Not just in my heart, not just in my thoughts, but in my mouth. That's vocal, that's audible, right? How many think it'd be a good idea for all Christians to act on these verses? Hmm? Right? Well, you can't do it for all Christians, but you can for yourself. And the first part said, I will bless the Lord when? At all times. At fun times, what do you do? At tough times, what do you do? At all times. I will bless the Lord. Now that doesn't mean that you give thanks for destruction. Did you hear me? I've heard people say, well, you know, I don't understand it, but I thank God for giving me this cancer because he knows best. And I reckon, you know, that he'll teach me something now. Uh-uh. No. Thank God in that situation, in that situation, give praise, but God didn't put that on you. Did you hear me? It's destruction. It's not a blessing. It's a curse. Right? Well, I don't understand, but you know, I failed and I got in this sin, but you know, everything's in God's hands. So he knew. So someone another, this sin, you know, is of the Lord. Certainly not. Certainly not. Sin is not of God. The curse and lack and disease and failure and destruction is not of God. But how do you understand that when you are in a tough situation, you can thank God that you're not alone, (laughs) that God's with you. You can thank God in advance. He's bringing me out. I'm coming through this thing. Just like earlier, you know, before this thing, I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to sit down until I see God glorified out of this situation. Right? I know this is not glorifying God right now, but he's big. God's big. He can take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it around so that God gets glory before this thing is over. Right? In our deliverance, in our provision, in our help, in our healing. So I will bless the Lord. When? At all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So we're talking about the life of praise. Now our first sessions we talked about. Anybody remember? We talked about when should you praise the Lord. You might think well you've already answered it. But we went to a lot of wonderful verses. And got stirred up about it. And then we talked about what? 
Where should you praise the Lord? And man, we saw a lot of good, wonderful things. You ought to praise Him at home in front of your kids. You ought to praise Him uh, in front of the heathen. Right? You ought to praise Him in the great congregation, publicly in the church. And so we, we saw all that. Then what we talk about? We begin to talk about why you should praise the Lord. Now that is not an unnecessary question. Uh, a lot of folk agree that you should do things, but they don't do them. I mean, you ask, you know, any number of thousands of Christians you could find on the street, do you believe you ought to praise the Lord? They say, yeah, but many of them do very, very, very little of it. They don't see the significance of it. They don't see the importance of it. And I know this sounds selfish, but this is just the way it is. Unless people generally see how it's going to benefit them, they don't do it. Now, that's just the way. I didn't say that was good. I just said that's how it is. Unless people see how it benefits them, most of the time, I didn't say all the time, but most of the time, they're not going to do it. Well, we're talking about why we should praise the Lord. And the first thing we talked about was what? We said, first of all, why should we praise the Lord? One reason is because he told us to. Hmm? He told us to. We took some time and we camped on that. And even if you didn't understand why, how many believe if he told you to, you ought to do it. Because he know if he told you to, there's good reasons why he told you to. He knows best. And uh, he told us to, so we... If that's the only reason that you had, that should be enough. He told you to. But then secondly, we began to camp on this and we got excited about it. Do you remember? We talked about we should praise him. Why? Because he is worthy to be praised. And we camped on what that means. He is worth praising. Right? Remember I talked about how some food, some say, how was it? And you go, you know, it filled an empty spot, right? I'm not hungry anymore. And other food is praiseworthy, right? It's worthy to be praised. One, one fellow, he was eating something. I forget who made it. And uh, he took a bite and he said, mm, mm, mm. he said, that's just like angels dancing on my tongue, he said. <laughs> and I guess it must have been good. Well, he's praising it, right? He's saying it is worth praising. It is worthy. How many believe God is worthy? Worthy. And we camped on that and that's so important. I won't go over it again. But tonight, let's get into this. Turn with me to Hebrews, the 13th chapter. How many believe in God with me tonight? Life's too short to have dud services. A du- you know what a dud is? Like a bomb or a rocket, you know, and you fired it and it hit the ground. Nothing. It was a dud. Firecracker. As little kids, you ever you know, aggravate you, you know, you light it and psst, nothing happened. It's a dud. I mean, when you follow God, you don't have duds. Nah, God's stuff goes off. It blows up, right? I mean, it, it goes off. And we don't have to have dud services and dead services 
we can have living services where there's revelation, where there's life, light. People don't just come and are bored for several minutes. They get answers and see what to do and get straightened out and get set free. Amen. That's what it's supposed to be every time, every time, every time. And I refuse. I, for years, I don't remember in 20 some years ever going through the motions in the service. I refuse to. Did you hear me? I've been tired. I've been this. I've been that. There's been times that I was dealing with symptoms or whatever. And, but never, 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 you know, do you get there and say, well, let's see how quick we can get through this. Mm, I'd stay home first. Did you hear me? No, because this is holy business. Right? This is the Lord's business. And we don't have to settle for duds. Sit out loud. No duds. No. <laughs> well, in Hebrews 13, verse 15 and 16, let's read this and then let's pray. Join our faith further about this. Hebrews 13, 15. says, by him, by Jesus. Therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That sounds like what we just read, isn't it? Then he specifies, that is, what is the sacrifice of praise? That is, the fruit of our lips. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? His praise will continually be in my, well, if it's coming out of your mouth, your lips going to be involved too, right? The fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, or the margin says confessing to his name, but to do good and to communicate, communicate means share with others. Forget not, for with such sacrifices... God is well pleased. Why should we praise the Lord? We should praise the Lord because he told us to. We should praise the Lord because he's worthy to be praised. And we should praise the Lord because it pleases him. Proper praise pleases God. Right praise, good praise, ministers to him. Now this is a high thought, isn't it? (laughs) We're going to camp on this tonight. And I believe you're going to get stirred up. So let's pray just a little bit further before we go in the word further. Father God, we thank you for your holy word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit whom you sent to indwell us. Be our guide and teacher and helper. We agree together for the revelation and anointing for tonight. Give everybody eyes open to see, ears open to hear, heart open to receive and understand. Grant revelation of truth that makes free, enlightenment, freedom from darkness and confusion. Thank you, Lord. Help us to step up to a higher place. Live in this true life of praise that pleases you. Reveal it to us. Show it to us. Bring us up higher. In Jesus' name, we'll be doers of what we see. Amen. Amen. Said out loud, I'm a doer. 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 I'm a doer.
of the Word of God. This third reason we're giving you here, why we should praise the Lord. We should praise Him because it is praise, proper praise, is an acceptable sacrifice to Him. He receives it. He enjoys it. Now, we're not talking about your neighbor. We're talking about the Almighty. This is something He enjoys. Now, when you begin to think about that God, the Almighty, creator of heavens and earth, the giver of every good thing, He gives us our every heartbeat, our every breath, our ability to have a cognizant thought. I mean... He didn't just create us. He didn't just create this planet. He didn't just give it a spin and let it go. Everything is upheld every millisecond by the word of his power. Everything is sustained all the time by his ability. How many understand if God quit giving, what would happen? This thing would come apart like a $2 watch, right? You know, while people in their stupidity, and yeah, I said it, debate with all their degrees about whether God exists or whether he created anything, while they're doing all that, he's keeping the sun shining. (laughs) And the forces of gravity and the tides and the force of life that holds their molecules and their body together. If he quit giving for a few moments... You and I'd fall apart in a pile of dust on the floor, right? He is the greatest giver of all. And here's the thought. I can give to the giver. (laughs) And he will receive it from me as a gift. I've heard people say in exasperation, well, what can we give him? We can't give him anything. Oh, yes, we can. That's being ignorant of the Bible. We can give him something that he will receive and enjoy. Now, that's a big thing. I said, that's a big thing. That's big. And if that is so, and don't just take my word for it. We're going to go to Scripture after Scripture. You know how we do around here, right? I wouldn't tell you something like that and just leave you hanging on my, what I said. I'm quoting scripture while I'm saying that. But if that is so, and we'll see that it is, it should be a big deal to us. It should be something we emphasize, right? Said out loud, I can give to the giver. Now let's go back and read this again. Hebrews 13, I'm going to read this to you. I find my notes. I have many notes. In the Amplified, it says, Hebrews 13, 15, and 16 says, Through him, through Jesus, let us constantly and at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of lips. That thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. 
for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Pleasing to God. Everybody say sacrifice. Now, there's a couple of words tonight that I want you to endeavor to renew your mind about. Because there is, you understand, the English language, any language, is a living thing. As time goes by, words mean different things. For instance, certain words today, they mean a completely different thing than the same word did 200 years ago. Because language is changing. You understand, like for instance, the King James was written a long time ago. And it's a wonderful translation. But there's a couple of words that I want us to make adjustments in our mind on because I think a lot of people have gotten off on it. And this is one of them, sacrifice. Sacrifice. I know back a number of years ago, you heard a lot of talk about, well, let's give God the sacrifice of praise. And the implication is, you know, you may not feel like it. And, uh, you know, you may not want to do it. But let's go ahead and sacrifice and give him the sacrifice of praise. I don't like that. Did you hear me? I don't agree with that. Now, certainly there is a truth there that if you don't feel like doing something, go ahead and walk by faith. Right? But because of that, it's one of those words, sacrifice in modern English language means giving up something. Right? And that is not the main meaning in the scripture. That's not the main meaning in the Old or the New Testament. Don't take my word for it. Look it up. The main meaning is offering. And if you look up the word offering, you'll find it means present. Present. Everybody knows what a present is, don't you? Present. And how many understand that the Lord, whatever you're talking about giving, does he want you to give it grudgingly or out of necessity? Is that okay? Now, we just got through reading here. He said, uh, you know, to bring this sacrifice, and I'm going to use the word offering. To me, that means more what it's saying. Look it up. You know, don't take my word for it. But to bring this offering to God of praise, he said, and to communicate, which means if you look at Galatians and other places, he's talking about giving money and things, giving. So to bring praise and to bring money, he said, with such sacrifices and offerings, God is, he's well pleased, right? With bringing things to him, bringing two major areas of presence. Can you bring God presence? You can. You bring him your praise. And you bring it to him as a gift. And you bring him your money offerings and your things. And you bring, whether you're sowing to the church or whether you're sowing to individuals, you bring it. How many understand when you give in faith with the right heart, did he receive it personally? You gave to him. And uh, in the beginning of the word of God, God gave his people in the first the tabernacle and then the temple. He gave them the instructions 
I mean, Moses was up on the mount for 40 days and nights. And that whole time, God was giving him exactly how worship was to be conducted. And how many understand a big part of that was offerings? Right? If you go back and read it, I mean, page after page after chapter after chapter after chapter on the offerings. Offer it this way and do it this way and bring this very specific. So you understand when people came before the Lord in those days. In fact, the Lord commanded them in Deuteronomy. He said, don't come empty. Did you hear me? He said three times a year, every man come before the presence of the Lord. And he said, and don't come empty handed. Come. What does that mean? Bring an offering, right? And you see, they had that mentality. For instance, on numerous occasions, they said, we're going to go inquire of the Lord with the prophet. One guy said, I can't go. I don't have an offering. Hmm? See how their thinking was? You don't go to the house of God without your offering. Now, that has changed so radically by today now. Until people... Masses and masses of Christians, when they come to church, they come with the primary objective of receiving. And it's not okay. Did you hear me? It's not okay. Yeah, we should receive when we come to church. But our first objective... You know, if somebody, you know, walked in off the street, then we understand that. If somebody got saved three days ago, well, then, you know, we don't expect much out of them. But somebody's been saved 10 years. And when they do come to church, the only thing they're thinking about is what I need. And y'all got to preach me up and pump me up. That's why services are not what they should be. That's why churches are not what they should be. We should come to give. Not looking at each other. Come to give to the Lord. We got a heart full of song. We got a mouth full of thanksgiving. We got a hand full of money. Did you hear me? Where you go? We all going all dressed up. Money and singing. We bringing things to the Lord. We're bringing our offerings to the Lord. And when the mass of the church comes together in one place and everybody, I understand this is not just Old Testament now, in the New Testament he said when you come together, every one of you has a song, every one of you has a revelation, everyone, what, they came with something, they brought something and they all stand up as one man to make one sound under God, that's what we're studying about on the Sunday mornings, that's when you see the glory come in, right? When the presence of God is manifested. Friends, this is significant. This is significant. How many understand what we're talking about right now is a radical idea compared to so-called standard quo church going? Right? Because the focus is so much on come and receive. And people think they've really done something if they make it through the door. Right? And the ministry contributes to it. Just brags on people. If all they ever do is walk in the door. Oh we're so glad you come. Like they did you a personal favor. 
This ain't supposed to be about the pastors. This ain't supposed to be about the people. We're all supposed to be coming together before the Lord. Right? Oh, this is important. How many are willing to have some major mind renewal? When we come to church, what are we going to do? We're going to come with our offerings. Now, it, you might say, well, I don't have much money, Brother Keith. I'm not asking you for any. Never do. But should you come before the Lord empty-handed? I don't. If everybody gave every service what Phyllis and I give, we'd be in top shape. Did you hear me? But now we didn't start where we are. We started $5. We started $3. And how many understand if all you got's 50 and you sow five, then, right? It's not amount, it's percentage. Bible said it's accepted not according to what a man doesn't have, but according to what he has. And we got to get our eyes off of each other. Right? I don't know if I like that preacher. I don't know if I like what he said about the offering. What's that got to do with it? Did the Lord send you there? What did he tell you to do? See, this is between you and the Lord. And yet people, because they're so carnal, they just look at each other. What about a bunch of people? And this will happen now. A bunch of people that come to church. Not to get primed. Not to get pumped. They're primed when they got there. They pumped when they got there. They got their offering of praise. And when the sung leaders and the singers and the band stand up and say, let's praise the Lord. People are not just sitting there going, I don't know if I want to do that or not. Well, I guess I could give him the sacrifice of praise. Praise the Lord. I don't feel like it, but praise the Lord. I mean, you got all kind of people that don't do anything, nothing. They refuse to give. We should look Because the Bible combines these two, we should look at praise and offering time giving the same way. Same way. Right? Read it again. Hebrews 13. The Lord's helping us. Hebrews 13, 15. By him, let us offer up the sacrifice of praise to God continually. And he specifies that is... The fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name, but to do good and communicate, share, forget not, for with such what? Sacrifice says, God is well pleased. And again, I think it would help you if instead of saying sacrifice all the time, if you'd say offering or even present, because that's literally what it means. With such presence, that's how we talk today, God is well pleased. So we should not, you know, think of church as entertainment. When you come to church, you shouldn't say, well, you know, I put some money in the plate, so I, that's my ticket. Let's see if they can, you know, entertain me and they can sing and play and speak. And No, no, no. We're to come together. And not just say, God, what can you do for us? What can you do for us? Give me, give me, give me. We need to be healed. We need money. Oh, we need help. We need wisdom. Please, we need, we need, we need, we need, we need. How much there's so much of church? That's all it is. 
People come and it's, oh God, we're in a mess. Oh God, help us. Oh God, oh God. Now, I've had people that the relationship between me and them was so whopsided, every time I saw them, they wanted something. Every time, I don't mean once in a while. Every time they want me to do something, they want me to help them, they want me to give them something, they want something. I don't mean once in a while, but time after time after time. They don't mean to be, but you know what they're telling me? They don't care about me. Did you hear me? They don't love me. They love their self. They love what I could do for them. If you love somebody, you are not all time pulling on them. And that's why situations are the way they are in, in, in churches and meetings and stuff. Because people do not love God. I know that's a hard statement. I mean, they don't love him more than they love their self. Love for self replaces love for God. If you think more about yourself and you care more about yourself than you do God, then the primary thing you're thinking about is what he could do for you. Right? God, do this for me. I need this. Would you? And he's a person. I said, he's a person. And he knows everything. And he knows if all you ever do is ask him for something, then you don't really care about him. You care about what he can do for you. Which means you care about you. Teenagers. People dating of all ages. Understand this, listen to this. You hear this phrase oftentimes when people say, I love you, I need you. I need you, I love you. I need you is not loving them. Did you hear me? I love you. I can't live without you. I love you. I need you. I have to have you. No, you love yourself. And you love what they do for you. You love how they make you feel. It's got nothing to do with you loving them. Did you hear me? True love gives. Oh, friend, are you with me tonight now? Does God love us? God so loved the world that he, he gave. And when you love God, what will you do? You'll give. You'll give. You'll give your praise. You'll give your thanks. You'll give your money. You'll give your time. You'll give your resources. Why? You love God. You love God. Right? You love God. That's why you ought to be at church. That's why you ought to read your Bible. That's why you ought to pray. Right? Because you love God. That's why you ought to give an offering. That's why you ought to lift up your hands and bless his holy name. Because you love him. And it's that love and it's faith that makes these things acceptable to him. Not just noise now. Just making a bunch of noise is not all there is to it. It's love and faith expressed in praise and thanksgiving and worship. That's what Makes it acceptable to him. Can you say amen? Amen. 
When we come to church, what should we come to do? Give. To who? God. God. Give to God. Can we give him anything? Will he receive it from us? Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Go to Genesis. How about it? Man, this is so big. Can you believe with me to compress about three services into one here? Genesis 8. Everybody say offerings. Offerings. Of praise. praise. Offerings. In Genesis, the 8th chapter, this is when the great flood came on the earth. And Noah and his family were spared because they believed God. How many believe no matter what kind of disaster comes on the earth, if you believe God, you can be spared, right? In the midst of devastation and destruction all around, like the psalmist said, a thousand may fall at one side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me. Is that so? Can you believe for that? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. A lot of people wouldn't understand it, and you don't have to say it in front of everybody, but particularly when certain things come up and you're tempted to fear or your family is, and you need to say it in front of your kids and, and your family. You just say it out loud. No, that won't happen to us. Yeah, but you know, eight out of ten, sometime in there, you speak out quick and say, no, that'll never happen to our family. That's a lot of Christians don't understand that kind of talking. They think, well, pfft. Who do you think you are? Because, you know, you just never know. (laughs) We know what the Bible says, right? It said to those that abide in God, put their faith in him. A thousand to fall at one hand and ten thousand at the other, but it won't happen to us. Yeah, but eight out of ten. Yeah, but two out of ten go all their life and it never happens to them. Somebody's got to be those two. Me and you. Right? No, you need to speak up at times and say, no, that'll not happen to us. Especially if your children say, oh, what if daddy or what if mom? You say, no, 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 honey, don't worry. That'll never happen to us. That'll never happen to you. Never happened to our family. You give God something to work with. Genesis 8. Thank you, Lord. Genesis 8. The flood has come and subsided. And they got out of the ark. And they are the only humans on the planet alive. Verse 20. Noah built an altar to the Lord. That'd be a good thing to do. Took of every clean beast and every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Now, let me remind you, how many understand there is a lot in the Old Testament on offerings? Oh, page after page after page, peace offering and thank offering and sin offering and on and on and on, fellowship offering, on and on and, and all the details. And do you understand, though, that that's not just to forget about, but that everything that's written is written for our admonition? First Corinthians says, is it a type of something? See, people just think, well, all that's done away with. No, it is not. It is fulfilled. 
Not done away with. Fulfilled in the new. It was a type of something we're supposed to be doing now. Oh, this is important. It's not all passed away. People say, well, we don't, we're not supposed to bring all those offerings anymore. Oh, yes, we are. Oh, yes, we are. Just a different kind. We'll show you more about it in just a minute. But here, Noah offered up these offerings and verse 21. Are you there? Verse 21, and the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite anymore every living thing as I've done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. And he put his own personal bow in the cloud as a signature that never again. Will this happen? And he did it in response to this offering coming up. And he inhaled it. Did you get this? It was a sweet savor, a sweet smell. It was a sweet fragrance to him. Now, I don't know how far God's throne is from the planet. But physically, it's a long way. Spiritually, not so far. But God is not on the throne smelling burnt flesh. Going, hmm, I like it. Right? Something else. Right? This offering is an expression of Noah's thankfulness. How would you feel? Been locked up in this boat with all these animals and your kids and in-laws. <laughs> and you finally, I mean, you've been wanting out for a long time and you finally get out. <laughs> you finally get out and you realize you are the only family that was spared on the planet. What do you want to do? Well, he is offering up thank offerings, right? Literally, physically with animal sacrifice. But Noah is not born again. Noah is not filled with the Holy Spirit. Did you hear me? He's a natural man in the Old Testament. And so he's not operating in the fullness of the real that we have in Jesus, but he is doing something that is a type type what's it a type of if there's a type there's got to be an anti-type if there's a type there's got to be the real what is the real that this is a type of now go with me to first peter we go from the front of the book over to near the back thank you lord thank you lord first peter 2 I tell you what, on your way. <laughs> I'm doing the best I know how to do, okay? On your way, stop by Hosea. And I know some of you may have to believe God to find it, but just Hosea 14, 
Ah, I didn't do it right again. <laughs> Psalms. Now, we're going to Hosea. Hold your place in Hosea, but look at Psalm 69 first. Psalm 69, then we go to Hosea. There's so much, and I, you know, I have to watch, you know, I'm human like anybody else. You don't want to go too long and take too much time, and you think you want to get to certain things, but you can miss it that way. And if we don't get through with this tonight, uh, I'm planning on being here if the Lord tarries is coming Amen. for another one. And if he doesn't, it won't matter. <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> we'll know a lot more about it at that point. Psalm 69, are you there? Psalm 69 and verse 30, that's what it is. Psalm 69, verse 30. I will praise the name of God with what? With a song. And will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall what? It will please the Lord better than an ox or a bull that has horns and hoofs. The humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live that seek God. Do you see a comparison here? A comparison between these animal sacrifices and something else. What? I will praise the name of God with a song. I'll magnify him with thanksgiving. He said, this will please God better. Then offering up an ox or a bull. Look in Hosea then. Just turn right over. Hosea 14. Hosea 14 in verse uh, 2 I believe it is. Verse 2 he said take with you words and turn to the Lord and say to him take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. So will we render the calves of our lips. Or one translation says it like this. Instead of saying we'll render the calves of our lips. It says we will accept what is good. Receive us graciously in the Amplified. So will we render our thanks as bullocks to be sacrificed. And pay the confession of our lips. Just like they used to take an animal and offer it on the altar and burn the animal. And the Bible said that the smoke would ascend up. And God said, we already read it, God smelled that offering. And to him it was a sweet smell. Well, here we're seeing a preview into the New Testament. The psalmist David got this revelation. He realized way back then that goats and bulls wasn't completely doing it for God. Right? But they're not in the new covenant yet. But see, he's a prophet. And the Spirit of God is speaking through him way off into the future in the new covenant. He says, it won't be bulls and goats. It'll be thanksgiving. It'll be praise. And here in Hosea, he says, instead of bringing the animals, bring the calves 
of your lips. Like a bull that you offered, like a calf, but it's your lips. Is this important? The calves of our lips. Now go over to 1 Peter 2. I think we got it right this time. 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2, verse 5. 1 Peter 2, 5. I'll read the Amplified again. He said, come and like living stones. Everybody say living. Living. How many of us know we're not supposed to be dead? We're supposed to be a living bunch, a lively bunch, right? A bunch of live wires. Not a bunch of dead duds. <laughs> living, living stone, lively stones. Be yourselves built into a spiritual house. We understand that. In the Old Testament, they built a physical building, the temple, that was the house of God. We know in the New Testament, this building's not the house of God, or no building, right? We are, you and me, and all, every truly born again child of God is a living stone. You put us all together, we make up the house of God, and God is still, like they used to say, working on a building. Right? Everybody that's getting saved worldwide are building materials that are going into the building, and soon and very soon, the last living stone is going to be sealed into place by the Holy Spirit, and the building is done. The house of God is complete. We know what happens when the house is finished. Oh, the fullness of the glory of God. What a house is built for. Be lived in. To be, to move into. And he says, as living stones were built into a spiritual house. But here he tells you for what purpose? For what? For a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. Is it so that Old Testament and those things have passed away and we don't bring all those offerings anymore? We just come to get something now. No. That's what it's become. But no. No, we're to offer sacrifices as much as they ever did and more, but a higher kind, right? Now, when we sing, we don't just sing, but we can sing in the Spirit. We can sing in the name of Jesus. We can sing in the righteousness of God in Christ. We can put faith like they couldn't. Now our natural offerings can take on such a much higher plane than ever before. We can give in faith on a level, being spirit-led and with faith for harvest for the kingdom that's a level above what they could do. But we're still to bring our offerings, right? And not come before the Lord empty. People say, well, I have nothing to give. Not true. Not true. What man or woman, what child of God 
could say they could never come and bring God a proper offering of praise. That's not can't. That's won't. Right? And most of the time, people have something of monetary value too, even if it was a dime. Right? I've been out on the mission field and, and seen people bring, you know, a little silver trinket and, and little this and that. And when they brought it, man, I was so touched in my heart. I knew God was pleased with them. If you'd added the whole thing up, it probably wouldn't have been worth $15. But that's not how God sees it. This was valuable to them. Right? They didn't bring it to me. They brought it to the Lord. And he received it. And he's pleased with it. And they brought sacrifices, offerings, presents, presents of praise. And it pleased him. Everybody say it pleased him. It pleased him. Man, that's the big deal. It pleases God. That's what this said. Are you looking at that verse again? 1 Peter 2, 5. As living stones, lively stones, built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. Are you made a priest? See, back in those days, a very few could bring an offering into the presence of God. Today, we've been all made to be kings and priests. Every one of us. You can bring before the Lord, just like the high priest of old used to put on his fancy duds. Man, the priest had those special clothes and they'd put them on and they'd clean themselves up real good and they'd come in and bring that offering before the Lord. Only a very, very few people in the nation of millions could do that. Now, now you can step up. I can, every one of us can come in here on a Wednesday night or a Friday or a Sunday or any time. And by faith, we got on a robe of righteousness. By faith, we got the righteousness of the authority of the name of Jesus. And we can bring our little monetary offering. And we can bring our big praise offering. Hallelujah. And we can come before the Lord and lift it up. And the Bible says, it is like incense. In the spirit, it's very real. It can be smelled. Now, go with me, if you would, to the book of Revelation. If I can get that far, because you're sailing over a lot of good territory in between there. (laughs) No, no, I'm not ready for Revelation. Philippians. Philippians. Philippians 4. And we're very familiar with uh, 17, 18, 19, right? My God will supply all your needs. But let's look at it again in a different light here. Verse 14. Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Didn't we see that word communicate somewhere else? Now, what does he mean here? This is King James language. So, again, what does he mean you communicated with me? Does that mean they telegrammed him or wrote him a letter or called him? No. I've had people come up to me before and say, you know, the Bible told me to communicate with 
the one that teaches me all good things. So I want to communicate with you what I think about it. (laughs) That's not what that said. That's not what it meant at all. What does it mean? Share. Means give. Is he talking about they sent him an offering? That's what he's talking about. You Philippians know in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church, what? Communicated or shared with me. And here's very specific now as concerning what? Giving and receiving. So there's no question about it. This communication involves giving. Material things. Even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again to my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all. Now, let's just stop right there. Fruit that may abound to your account. What account's he talking about? Account at the Bank of Philippi? Or? No, this is in heaven, right? How did it get to heaven? They're giving an offering on the earth. Is he saying that somewhere or another it gets into heaven? The spiritual essence of it goes far beyond the earth. It was, in this case, Paul received money and stuff. But simultaneously, God received something in heaven. Keep reading. He said, I have all since you gave to me this great offering and abound. I am full. Having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you. And this gift, this offering is an odor. Now here's another word. That's like that other word sacrifice. See, when you hear odor, what do you think? Pew. Right? Huh? It's like that word sacrifice. And again, it's just old English. When they, maybe when they heard this back in 1611 or whatever, they didn't think pew. But now in 2004, when we hear odor, we almost always think something smells bad. So instead of sacrifice, when you hear and read sacrifice in most places in the New Testament, what should you think? Offering. And you should think present. Well, here, when you see the word odor, you should think fragrance. You look it up and you'll see that's what it is. Fragrance. And here he specifies it is a fragrance of a what? Sweet smell, which is a sacrifice. Or we've been saying what? It's an offering. It is a present, acceptable, well-pleasing To God. Hallelujah. So many. Let me just back up. The subject of this whole passage. Is an offering. Money. And stuff. Is that right? It is. And so many preachers have backed off of talking about things because people, you know, seem to be easily offended if you say much about money and about giving because they think you're pulling on them. And so many people have backed off. But friend, this is Bible. And this is not about man giving to man. When man gave to man here, God said he inhaled it. 
God inhaled it and said, Mmm, I like that. I'm not talking about your Uncle Bob now. I'm talking about God. I'm talking about God. What did he inhale and it blessed him? It ministered to him. What was it? What? The offering they sent to Brother Paul. Because how many understand that offering was not just money. It wasn't just a check. It was spirit as well. There was natural, but it was spirit substance in it. There was love in that gift they sent him. There was faith in that gift they sent him. Right? God's not smelling currency. He's not smelling gold and silver. He's not smelling dollar bills. He's smelling what they put in it. Because they loved Paul. Right? They came to Jesus through Paul's ministry. They grew up and learned how to that they were righteous and learn how to live by faith and learn how to get healed, learn how to prosper through him, God through him. And he said, out of all those churches that God used him to establish during that time of his life, nobody sent him a dime. And that's pitiful, ain't it? He got churches God used him to start all over the known world. And during this pretty substantial period of his life, no, none of them sent him anything and he needed some stuff because he's in jail and he's going through all this stuff. And But this bunch, they said, well, <laughs> now probably one reason is because it seemed hard to do. But this one church said, we don't care what it takes. Amen. We're getting clothes to him. We're getting food to him. We're getting money to him. He likes to write. So we're going to get him some parchments and some pens and stuff. And they said, who will take it to him? Because it was an arduous journey. And it was dangerous just for identifying with somebody who's a prisoner. You could wind up in jail or worse. But Brother Epi, (laughs) they said, who'll go for the church here at Philippi? And Brother Epi said, I'll go. I'm young. I'm strong. God will help me. And I don't know how many weeks. I don't know how many months. It required to take place. But we know the whole story. He almost died. And the Bible said it was for the cause of Christ. He exposed himself. It was either to the elements or to bad people. But it nearly cost him his life. But it didn't. God had mercy on him. And on the church at Philippi that sent the gift. And he was able to take it to the jail cell. And Paul got the stuff. And that's what Paul's writing back saying. I got it. I got it. And I'm full and I'm satisfied. I'm warm. I got these warm clothes you sent me. And uh, I got, you know, uh, Aunt Mildred's brownies. Thank God. And I got <laughs> I got all these new pens and parchments. God's going to give us some more revelation. Right? And he said, this thing that y'all have done, this gift, it is a fragrance. It is Like incense that has come up before God and God has found it to smell sweet to God, to Him. That offering that came into Paul's hands from that church, he breathed it in and God said, I like that, that pleases me. God said it. And it was an offering of stuff. I've taken flack for preaching about giving. But I ain't changing. 
Did you hear me? <laughs> I've had some people shun me because of it. But they did Jesus too, you know. People have misused scriptures to prophesy money out of people's pockets into their pockets. And that's bad. But you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right? You don't just say, well, all of that, we can't talk about giving. We better talk about giving. Something like this that pleases God, that he receives a personal ministry to him. We better talk about it. So that we do what we do in faith. And we're inspired. Because this life is short. I said this life is short. It's going to be over soon. And all the natural stuff won't matter. The only things that will abide the final judgment. Is the things that were done in the spirit that pleased God. So we ought to be looking for things that please God. Right? And forget the other stuff. Say it out loud. Sweet smelling, smelling. fragrance Fragrance. to God. God. Of course, you understand, he's talking about an offering, money, stuff. And we saw that in Hebrews, that was the second thing he mentioned. What was the first? Praise and thanksgiving. Should we look at our praise time in our services and our offering times the same? Should we look at them just exactly the same? Why? Because we don't just show up to church and go, gimme, 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 God, I need something. No, no, we don't. We come, we enter into his presence. We come into his gates and his courts with thanksgiving and praise and we offer them to him. We say, here, we're not asking for anything right now. Here, we want to minister to you. We want to bless you. You can't bless God. Yes, you can. Yes, you can bless God. He said you could. And he's right. Hmm? You can't give anything to God. You most certainly can. He said you could. If he's right, he's right. Look at another example of this in Revelation, please. Revelation. Mm-mm-mm. God is so good. Are you stirred up about this? I, I'm stirred up about it. I believe we can bring our singing and our praise on a higher plane. Do you? I believe we can come and bring our money and our offerings on a higher plane. We can come before the Lord with more faith and more love and please Him better. Please Him better. Revelation 5. You get more insight into this. Man, I was getting revelation on this today. Some stuff I don't understand yet. I know it, but I don't understand it yet. I may mention some of it to you. Lord, help me. I don't want to say something I shouldn't. But Revelation 5 and 8. Revelation 5, 8. When he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps. And golden vials full of odors. Now what what should you think when you see that word? Fragrances. Fragrances. And he said these fragrances, they are the prayers of the saints. 
prayers have a shape and form in the spirit. They can be seen. They can be smelled. Prayers. And they are kept. These are containers. Vile is a container. And they had these containers full of these wonderful fragrances. What are those fragrances? See, people just, well, there's fragrances. No, they're not just a fragrance. It's a prayer. Now, one individual said, I wrote it down one time, a preacher uh, said, uh, praise is the highest kind of prayer. When I heard that, I wrote it down. I thought, that's something bears witness with me about that. See, praise is not just saying praise the Lord, and that's all it is to it. Praise the Lord. That could be, but it's much more than that. I understand when you're praising God, you're talking to him. Lord, you're so wonderful. We love you so much. We exalt you. We magnify you. Sounds a lot like prayer. Right? What is prayer? You're talking to God, right? You're communing with God and fellowshipping with him. So see, it's hard to see where prayer begins and praise ends and prayer begins and vice versa. Don't try to figure it out. Don't need to. But I just want you to see this includes the idea of praise. Because it's communion with God. Now look here, you're in chapter 5, going over to, I believe it's chapter 8. Chapter 8. You see it again. Chapter 8 and verse 3. Another angel, 8-3, came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given to him much incense that he should add it with the prayers or offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne and the smoke of the incense and which came is in italic so that's not even there the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended up Before God out of the angel's hand. See, does this remind you of anything in the Old Testament? Did you see anything about incense? I mean, God was very specific. He told them exactly what that incense was made out of. You don't put anything else in it. You don't change how it was made up. And nobody could burn any just like that at their house. It was holy. It was supposed to be only there. And it was burnt all the time. And there was this cloud that came and filled the tabernacle and around the holy place and this wonderful smell. That was natural. But it's a type of something. Right? And we're seeing here what it was a type of. It's a type of the real thing. We don't see it, but you and I come together and lift up our hearts and praise God and worship God and glorify God. If you could see into the spirit, you would see it's like incense. And it's like smoke and it's like a perfume. And God takes it. He receives it. And it blesses him. It ministers to him. It pleases him. 
He keeps it. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. Why should we praise the Lord? This is a big reason why we should praise Him. It's something He gives us everything. Life, breath, awareness, everything, every millisecond of the day. It's something we can give Him. That we can give Him that He will receive from us. So I challenge you and myself together. Let's purpose in our hearts right now. This church. The Lord told us, excel at hospitality. We've started that way. We've heard a lot of good reports about it. We're going to continue on that line. How many believe we could excel at this? We could excel. You know, we talk hospitality is ministering to people. Let's excel at ministering to God. Let's believe Him to teach us so that we we grow and, and we eliminate everything that doesn't smell good to Him. Oh, old flesh and pride and arrogance and all that kind of stuff. That's not going to please him. But to grow where we rid ourselves of that and, and eliminate and grow to where it smells good to him. And it just smells better and better and it's purer all the time. Amen. Amen. To where on service time, God himself is going That's why we should praise the Lord. Won't you stand on your feet? This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.